Welcome to Real Moms 2 Podcast. Let's face it, nothing will test you more than the moment you become a mother. Yes, that includes stepmoms, adoptive moms, foster moms, all moms. Believe me, we know. Being a mom can be one of your greatest joys and your biggest headache. This podcast is two real moms discussing real life issues and situations we face throughout motherhood. Expect to laugh and cry, but most importantly, expect expect to relate. relate. Because if you're nothing else in life, you're You're a real mom mom too. This is your girl, Alana Parks, and I'm here with my co-host, Sia Chekwa. Remember, if you love what you hear, leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And if you really, really love us, leave a comment. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at RealMoms2, that's T-O-O. With May being Mental Health Awareness Month, Sia and I decided that we would talk about postpartum depression and anxiety. Um, unfortunately, we're not doctors, but we wanted to give a quick definition. Do you know what's, what it is here? No. Okay. I, I mean, I'm not Webster's Dictionary, but I could probably guess, but we should give them the real definition. <laughs> and unfortunately, you will not be getting Webster's Dictionary today either. <laughs> you will, although, get National Institute of Mental Health's de- definition, uh-huh. which is postpartum depression is a mood disorder that can affect women after childbirth. Mothers with postpartum depression experience feelings of extreme sadness, anxiety, and exhaustion that may make it difficult for them to complete daily care activities for themselves or for others. Hmm. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. We did find it difficult to find more information on postpartum anxiety, but we want to share our stories with you all so you can get a better idea and maybe even hopefully reach out to your, your, um, physician or if you are a friend yeah if you are a friend or struggling again we're not doctors but we will share our personal stories and just because it's mental health awareness month we want to tie that into mental health as it relates to motherhood so i'm not gonna lie i i really did not know exactly what the definition meant Mm -hmm. until i personally dealt with it myself and it's kind of interesting because my original definition of postpartum depression was do I want to invoke harm to myself or do I want to invoke harm to my baby? Yeah, that, I mean, that's usually what I hear. I always, I guess it's probably because the media portrays or at least tells the stories of the very serious ones. Where yeah. like, I don't even like my baby. I don't like me. And mm-hmm. like, I've heard of like extreme cases and that the mom just wouldn't even take care of the baby. Yeah. And was like, I see myself hurting my baby. So I guess if you if that's what we hear or see in the media, then that's probably what we're going to that attributed to. You know, like the the nurse calls you like forty eight hours after you get out the hospital to do a little questionnaire. They call me at least. They did a little questionnaire. Mm. And that's like literally one of the first questions they asked me. Then you do a six week appointment and mm-hmm. they ask you the same like yeah, question. how you're feeling mentally, yeah. But it's never can I complete daily tasks for myself or my child? Yeah. And I mean, in the beginning, because your hormones are adjusting, you're going through a lot mentally and emotionally. So sometimes I think that 
And let's be real. Motherhood smacks you in the face. It is Correct. hard in the beginning. Right. You're like, am I exhausted? Yeah. <laughs> am Duh, I tired? I <laughs> is this really hard? And I'm tired of crying because I feel like frustrated. Yes. But so then you're like, oh, no, I'm, I think sometimes we like write it off. Like, no, nope, oh, I'm yeah. not depressed because sure. I'm OK. I'm just a little sad. So like there's a there's a lot of things happening in those first six weeks. I think that you might question at least for me, I question, like, am I getting depressed? Because I'm like, why am I crying? Oh, my gosh. It was the, probably the random hormonal. Well, so for me, though, what was crazy is I wasn't diagnosed until Raylan was, like, six months old. Okay. So Tyson, looking back, I think I may have dealt with some and mm-hmm. didn't realize I was dealing with whether it was depression or anxiety. Mm. Um. Because, again, my mind was, well, I didn't feel like I was going to harm myself or my baby, so it's not that. So moving right along, I'm just a stressed-out mom. Yeah. New mom. Um, Raylan, though, I was breastfeeding, and I was a working mom at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was a working, traveling mom. I had to travel for my job, like I've mentioned before. But when you breastfeeding and have to travel a lot, y'all, okay. So shout-out to all the exclusively best pumping moms excuse me the exclusively pumping moms out there because pumping gave me anxiety Mm. it's weird right you're like why would that give you anxiety when i would travel i had to travel to different schools around the state Mm -hmm. schools don't have pumping rooms okay (laughs) have you seen their bathrooms exactly i look i visited school and i look back like why did i even use this when i was in school girl (laughs) girl i don't use the students bathrooms where's the teacher bathroom (laughs) but i would have to pump in storage rooms locker rooms yeah the gym whatever like i had to pump in my car and then having to figure out where i was going to store my milk if i had to travel on a plane had to make sure my milk was frozen. Like those things were starting to give me more and more anxiety Makes because sense. I'm trying to breastfeed and I want to make sure this baby get this milk and I'm trying to do what's best for my child, but I still have a job to do. Right. And me and my husband went on vacation during our, remember we talked about uh, President's Day weekend, always being on Valentine's Day weekend mm-hmm. back in the day, a couple episodes ago. Uh Well, I was at that dang LaGuardia airport and they did not have a pumping room in my terminal. Oh, no. They did not have a private bathroom. Oh, no. And I had to pump in a public bathroom in a mirror. Oh, my god! Where people in front of the mirror, because that was the only outlet where people were coming in and out in a dirty butt bathroom. Oh, my God. Anxiety through the roof. Wow. So after that experience, like I was literally in tears pumping. So I like got an ounce out, by the way. Uh, yes, because stress <laughs> reduces stress to the max. Reduces but milk. that experience, my husband was like, look, let's see what's really going on. Well, I think. Not saying that that wouldn't make anybody stressed out, by of the way. Of course. Of course. There was more stuff, too. And the um, National Mental Health Organization that we just shared some of this, um, the depression, postpartum depression definition from, they said that on their website that there's not a single cause to postpartum depression. So That's it could be true. anything. So really that might have been your trigger, but it could be something totally different for someone else. But the fact that your husband recognize that something's not right is so key to why you probably are here today like yeah being able to like even talk, talk about, about it. it yeah Girl. 
I th- it was rough. <laughs> I think that um, when I think about postpartum depression and I hear different stories, a lot of the stories have the same thing. Someone around them recognized you might have postpartum depression. And so I think that's so key when we talk about the mom village and oh doing this thing yeah. by ourselves. Sometimes you have to realize, like, you can't do this by yourself. So we need to make sure we have mm-hmm. those people around us because when we're in it, it's hard to see straight. Like, correct. Like I said, I, I felt like, dang, am I stressed or am I having baby blues or postpartum depression or ex- like what is wrong? And I like had to take a step back and like, okay, maybe I need to like talk, talk to somebody so that I can, they can hear how I'm feeling and know like, all right, yeah. that that's too far. And like, we need correct, to take you correct. to the doctor. It didn't help that it was winter months. Oh yeah. Good old Ohio is gloomy. Never has sunlight in the winter. I like, I hate it's, Ohio it's in like the winter. Like permanent gray cloud. It's like yes. never yes. ending gray. Yes. But I decided to go ahead and talk to a therapist. Okay. Um, which was life changing. And I believe at the time I'm going back in my memory bank, y'all. So y'all bear with me, but I believe that she diagnosed me with mild depression and moderate anxiety postpartum. Okay. Um, and, and the, the symptoms I had was I was very irritable, random, cr- randomly crying, very stressed. I felt isolated, feeling overwhelmed was mm-hmm. difficult to focus remember when I wasn't traveling, I was working from home. So I was by myself. I didn't have like an office to go to talk to other people. Yeah. I was always by myself. I didn't really have much of a routine outside of taking my kid to daycare. Mm. (laughs) So, um, she helped me with a treatment plan for sure. But the first step was finding a therapist. Now that can take some time. You all, um, some, some States or cities have something called pro bono, so if you just look Google pro bono therapy, sometimes it may be free for you. Yeah. Um, so I highly recommend that. So this was again, this is with my daughter Raylan, my three year old, and again, did not notice it or recognize it until she was about six months old. So at first I didn't think it had anything to do with the baby mm-hmm. because I'm like, She's six months. I'm past that little six week right time frame. So it just didn't make any sense to me but some different symptoms that you may deal with this feeling sad hopeless empty or overwhelmed feeling moody back to the irritability um trouble concentrating there's a list eating too little or eating too much that was another thing i wasn't on the eating schedule because i was all over the place yeah that makes sense yeah so let's talk about the difference between postpartum depression baby blues postpartum anxiety so I didn't know in the beginning what baby blues was. Girl, somebody just heard the term just now. Really? Please help us Somebody told me about it, and I, I was like, oh, it's just baby blues. Okay, okay. So basically, and I will give you the definition. <laughs> um, it says that the term is used to describe the feelings of worry, unhappiness, and fatigue that many women experience after having a baby. So it just requires a lot of care. Babies require a lot of care, so it's normal for mothers to be worried or tired from providing that care. Baby blues affect up to 80% of mothers. All moms. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> and it includes feelings that are somewhat mild, last a week or two, and go away on their own. So that's the number one difference. Right. It goes that away, and it doesn't weeks. last forever. Postpartum yeah. depression, I feel like you can tell... 
So all these symptoms pretty much are the same, right? Correct. But I feel like you can tell that it's postpartum depression when you and the people around you notice you are not yourself. And it's been like that for, for you know, like an extended period of time. And then you start to feel, I think you start to feel like something is not right. So mm-hmm. I didn't personally deal with postpartum depression. At least I don't think so. Um, but I did deal with a little bit of anxiety. Um, but I did in the past before I got pregnant deal with a, a period of depression. So because I dealt with depression in the past, when I got pregnant, I was terrified mm, that, that postpartum depression would occur. And so because of, I've always heard these extreme stories where people want to harm themselves or their babies, I was praying nonstop during my pregnancy because I was terrified. Like, God, I cannot. Mm-hmm. Like, it took me so long to get out of depression when I wasn't pregnant that if I was like, all these hormones and then the baby comes and then i wouldn't be able to recognize like something might be wrong i was terrified and i'm not blaming the media but i just think sometimes one we should talk about it right yeah but the the things that get the most attention i guess it's just like everything is the most extreme stories like oh she hurt her kids you know somebody may have passed away like it would be Mm -hmm. extreme like that and I was terrified. So I would talk to my husband about it, pray about it, and just, like, tell him. I had to be honest with him, like, because I'm afraid of being depressed again, you know, look look out for me. Yeah, look out for me. <laughs> look out for the baby afterwards. I'm going to need some help here. Yes, and if we're honest, I think when you first have a baby, you're like, you you want to prove that you could be a mom. So you, yeah. you second-guess everything. And you put so much more pressure on yourself. Like, well, I, I heard that breastfeeding shouldn't be this hard. Why am I having to struggle? And then you start freaking out Girl. because you're struggling. Or the baby won't sleep at night. So now I'm freaking out. And then everything becomes such a burden. So I think sometimes we put a big burden on ourselves. And then that weighs on you. So you so then the baby blues can turn to anxiety, postpartum anxiety. And we found an article, and it's more just like a blog, but... She says that studies finds that study finds that postpartum anxiety is more common than depression. But how often do you really hear about postpartum anxiety? Um, never, never until today. Never. <laughs> but so, I think it. I think it is more common for that reason. Correct. So you have the hormones, and then you're putting all this pressure, and then other people. Because then, I mean, you always worrying. Think what about do, it. What do they say? You always a mother. Why you? And I will always wh- worry. Your mom's always said, like, no matter yeah. how old you get, I will always be your mother, and I will always worry about you. Yeah, and it it's almost like it's normal to stress about being a mother, like, and and and, and we shouldn't do that. Um, so yes, the anxiety part hit me. I would say way harder than the depression part did. Okay. How so? Um, first off, I got two rounds of it as in <laughs> one with Raylan and then one with Azora. Okay. So Raylan, after having my year, the years start to blur for me cause I was mm-hmm. having babies left and right. Job. <laughs> but I like wrote down a little time. Like Azora was born July, 2015. Okay. I swear my Achilles uh, July, 2016. Okay. Which then I got pregnant while having a torn Achilles, by the way. Yes, we did that. Mm. 
and had Azora May 2017. So I went through the de- the postpartum depression anxiety with Raylan. I'm almost 100% guaranteed looking back that I had depression from tearing my Achilles and being immobile for eight weeks, not being able wow. to walk and yeah. have to depend on my husband for everything. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't even cook. I couldn't put pressure on my foot. And then being pregnant and then having Azora. So then after I have Azora, y'all, she gets a bad fever at three weeks old. When you have a fever under a month, if you're under a month old, you are immediately hospitalized. Wow. She was in the hospital for three days. Raylan cannot stay over. You cannot stay overnight in like the ER emergency. Well, not the emergency room. If the baby, if a child is administered into like children's hospital, mm-hmm. a non-sick child cannot stay overnight. Yeah, I see. yeah, I heard of that. Remember, y'all, we in the city by ourselves. Oh my gosh! So the first night we were, it was we couldn't find anybody to watch Raylan for us. We were like asking all kind of people, and then you're in panic mode too, trying to figure out what's going on with my baby. Yeah, they're taking blood samples. On really just trying to figure out what's going on oh with who's going to watch Zora. I mean, Raylan. The first night in the hospital, he ended up having to stay home with Raylan. I stayed in the hospital with Azora, still breastfeeding her. It was just... Oh, my gosh. It was a, one of the scariest moments of my life. So I believe that triggered some anxiety. For mm. Some anxiety is an understatement. Yeah. It, it triggered anxiety. It triggered so much anxiety, y'all, that I was ready to move home. Like, I was like, we're going back to St. Louis. I'm not staying here. We don't have any help. We don't have a village. Get me out of this place. I started to experience sweating and body odor. I'm being honest, y'all. Wow. I'm not, like, <laughs> proud of it. But it got to the point where I didn't even want to shower. Dang. I was just, like, in a rut. Like, yeah. I was just for real in a rut. And I remember when I came over the rainbow telling my husband, like, don't you ever let me get like that again. <laughs> like, why would you let me go without taking a shower? <laughs> like, come on, dude. But I started experiencing this body odor. And you know what my doctor told me? Because I, I mentioned it to him. What? Use some powder. <laughs> yeah, I got a new doctor, y'all. <laughs> I'm like, dude, what? Well, it's, I'm like, no. But because I so it was hormonal. It was it was hormonal. It was in it was more so the anxiety yeah. though that I was creating, stressing myself out yeah. for whatever reasonings and worrying. But it was a blessing in disguise, and I'm about to give y'all some tips because um, after that happened with Azora. Mm-hmm. I realized, like, mind you, with my job, I was only getting getting six weeks off. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the great job where they was giving 12 and 16 weeks off, like right. my husband's job, <laughs> who didn't give a baby. You know, he didn't actually produce the baby, <laughs> but whatever. Well, So I really talked to my HR about using short-term disability. Oh. Most companies will give you up to 12 weeks of short-term disability, you all. Okay. And I'm not going to lie, a lot of times it's not full full pay. But sometimes it's a percentage of like maybe 60%. And that's what mine was. My company was even willing to offset it and say, okay, well, we only we pay you up to 60% for short-term disability, but we can use some of your PTO to make it 100% pay. Oh, wow. That's and they, awesome. Girl, 
So I had my six weeks off. Then I used like another six weeks for using short-term disability. Something I had never done with my other kids, but I wasn't ready to go back to work. I wasn't ready. Dealing with the postpartum anxiety. I I was not ready. And I think you just have to be honest with ourselves. Like, am if I'm not ready, just know that there's other options. Because yeah. if you can't do short-term, there's also long, long-term long disability. Yeah. And a lot of times it's just a, a conversation with your doctor and a quick note. Yeah. A conversation with your well, HR that, department. I think that's the biggest thing. Advocating for yourself. Girl. Because sometimes we as women, let's be honest, we put so much pressure on Super ourselves mom. that we're like, I'm going to jump back into work. I'm going to jump back into working out. I'm going to jump back. And all that does is put so much. You just took nine to 10 months to grow this human being. Your body goes through so much over a period of time. Your hormones, Mm -hmm. which is why you end up in the depression in the first place. The hormones are like the number one thing because it just shifts everything. So that brings everything else down. On top of the fact you may have other risk factors like being depressed in the past, you know, like not sleeping, or family not history of depression. Yes, those things are extra risk factors. Or maybe the pregnancy was unwanted, mm-hmm. so then you did de- you develop this like uh, subconscious thing. Like I don't yeah. know. I can't, I mean, I'm give birth to my baby, but I don't want you know like you weren't ready for yeah what was to come with it or not having enough support like you said all those things contribute (laughs) are extra risk factors on top of your hormones going through these changes so you have to be honest with yourself with your doctor and i think just communicating what that is and then saying okay because sometimes, like I said, we, we put so much pressure and then we're like, well, I got to just figure it out because nobody's else is going to do it. It's yeah. my baby. I got to do this. So, yeah. like, then our job becomes so, well, I'm going to just rush back to work because they ain't giving me no time. Like, listen, your health is more important. You can't be a good mother if you're not good to yourself. And it's so and important to talk about it. Yeah, I hate that it took three years, three babies and, like, extreme situations for me to, like, really get that. But... I mean, I finally got that. And I hope that you can learn from me, learn from Sia, learn from talking to your friends. So the big question now is how do we treat postpartum yeah. depression and anxiety? Um, and there's several different things you can do. Um, the National Institute of National Health, Mental Health, excuse me, first talks about counseling, talking to a therapist, or maybe even getting medication. Yes. Um, when I talk to my therapist, some tips that she gave me, was to get outside at least 30 minutes a day. That's, so, that's so key. Oh, my goodness. Vitamin D. I had no idea. We I take advantage sunlight. of our vitamins, okay? We, we take advantage <laughs> of the sun. Yeah, I mean, move to Ohio and you will realize how much you miss the sun. If you live in Southern Florida, you're probably like, whatever. But, right. <laughs> but in the North, you just, you have to, especially in the fall and the winter, you yes. really have to do what you need to do to get those that extra vitamin D. It's also key when you, after you have the baby. I know we pump all these vitamins when we're pregnant, but even Keep after the them. baby, take those vitamins. Take those prenatal. Those prenatal. You can huge. even get postnatal vitamins mm-hmm. because your body is going through so many changes. It's still going through change. I literally took my prenatal vitamins. Sheesh, I feel like I took them for like a year. I think I took them the whole time I was breastfeeding. You should keep taking them. I think I did. And it first off, then you then you you're you get you're like, okay, the baby's not here. 
sharing the same bodies. I don't want to take these, but you realize like, man, like the days that I miss, I could kind of feel feel a difference Mm -hmm. in my body. I know it sounds crazy. You're like, yeah, right. See it. No, I really really did. And if you take it at a different time, it's weird y'all, but take your vitamins. And that was actually some other tips, which was take vitamin D. She also, um, suggested b12 vitamins which i believe I think it helps is, with the brain yes yeah. i don't remember exactly why that one but <laughs> i took it <laughs> um get on a schedule if you don't have a schedule already you know we always talk about getting a schedule for your kids but you need a schedule for yourself yeah. and give yourself some grace with yes, the schedule though. yes yes but definitely do that that schedule though just helped me i had to schedule in the 30 minutes of outside mm. time though yeah. so if you get an hour lunch for your break you get a 30 minute lunch for your break get outside for that that 30 minutes y'all go so take key. a walk that schedule is key because when i was dealing with anxiety it was because my schedule was out of whack the mm-hmm. problem was as a new mom the people always say you're always going to be late and i'm like no i'm not so here i am <laughs> late all the time and it started to stress me out. i hate being late so then I would get so stressed and then here we are, it's four o'clock and we're just not getting home. Like, how am I going to get dinner done before yeah. Jim D gets home? And, and then I still got to clean up everything and, you yeah. know, finish the day. And then how am I going to get anything? It was like, I'm going to bed at midnight and she going to wake up at two wanting the milk. <laughs> I'm like, this is not working. And when I just committed to getting back on a routine, waking up in the morning, yeah, it changed everything for me still not a morning person (laughs) over here but go ahead girl but it helped like I literally like my anxiety went down like I know that I need to manage my anxiety and I was just winging it as a new mom for six months trying to figure it out (laughs) it was rough and so then that leads us to exercise man I know it's hard y'all like I didn't start exercising until I quit my job like (laughs) no no seriously when we did, I started exercising more when I started going to therapy and she mentioned it. And we finally, that's when we had that good money, y'all. We was at the Lifetime Fitness, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, and it was funny how I justified it. Like, Tyson's coming home from daycare. He's still kind of wired. Like, we, let's get him. Yeah. Let's get the gym membership. They got a little gym for him to play oh, in. Yeah. Burn some energy. I can get my workout on. You get your workout on. And we did that as a family. So, Lifetime fitness is a good one if you have a family. But YMCA as well, that's where yeah. I am now. It's I really good if you do it as a family too. And everybody has some something to do. Yes. And so working out, here's the little caveat. I'm going to just <laughs> plug this in. Do it with give yourself grace because that yeah. could be another trigger if you approach it the wrong way. I can see because you literally will just go like, well, I need a snap back. So I'm just going to go to the gym. Yeah, no, 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 no. We're and not going to snap back. We're going like to get push. those pheromones moving. Y'all <laughs> get all your endorphins, all that stuff going. So here's the thing. Um, yeah, it's the word endorphin. It's yeah. endorphins. Pheromones is the, the ones that get the, one. yeah, they both. I thought it that's both though. I, I'm, I think Girls, y'all don't give me the line. Listen, listen to I, see it. Y'all know I, she know better than me. I really don't know, but I know it's endorphins for sure. <laughs> Pheromones says you in Miami. Maybe you like that natural smell. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, what? <laughs> Maybe I don't know what pheromones. I, I know it's for... Anyway, moving right along. <laughs> I just thought working out helped both endorphins and pheromones. I thought it, it probably produce. do. I mean, we could Google it in the meantime. It makes you happy. <laughs> yes, it, they do. <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. I'm sorry. It's okay. I just needed to make sure y'all didn't no, think I was stupid. Because no. I, 
We're going to Google it later. <laughs> working out. No, working don't out. Don't jump is, into yes, it. Yes, it's okay. Don't jump into it. But it's important to give yourself grace is what I was basically going to say. Because if you don't, you you could just trigger yourself into either, even more anxiety. Because now you're going with the intention. I'm going to hurry up and lose weight. And sometimes it just doesn't happen that way. So Yeah. Yeah, but definitely, definitely wasn't get, working out necessarily get to lose weight moving though. Was, yeah, is the to key. Help you get moving. Um, the last thing that she recommended was figure out what I enjoy or just Ooh, figure out good. ways to help me to relax. Mm-hmm. Um, so she mentioned some people do coloring books, adult coloring books, mm. um, Sudoku games. My mom got me a coloring book um, when I was shortly i think elliot was maybe like nine months and uh-huh. it was so peaceful you know what mine is y'all i like to do puzzles <laughs> i wish y'all could see my face i just gave her like i don't old know why she look. why she made me made that face because she's definitely been in my house and it's been a puzzle on be my a kitchen huge table huge puzzle with the baby baby yes, pieces i'm like five thousand pieces puzzle y'all like but those puzzles give me a time to just focus on that and then obviously finding some time to spend with your girls, just not be a mom, not be a wife, not be a partner, just whatever, whatever it is that makes you happy, find it and do it and put it in that schedule. Um, and then again, if it's extreme cases, ask your doctor for some medication and you may have to play around with that dosage though, you all. So, you know, some people say, well, I took the medicine and made me not feel good. I felt nauseous, things of that nature. So it may be a dosage issue issue there um, that you just may have to tweak. I learned that from Jennifer Lewis, by the way, reading her book. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So I just found it. Pheromones do get boosted when you work out. Yes. We both was right. Girl. Yes. But they are the <laughs> ones that just make you feel sexier. They're sexier yes which sex- based off they're, of last episode se- we need those too y'all they're, they're the sexy ones <laughs> <laughs> but yes they are key so definitely shoot sex might really help you get i mean let me, we we need to stop talking about sex because we had enough of sex in our last but, episode but i'm not gonna <laughs> lie though like again looking back it wasn't until like i told y'all six six to nine months ago that i was like dude i was out I don't feel like I feel now, mm-hmm. which means I must have been down because mm-hmm. I feel great now. This is how I want to feel all the time. Mm-hmm. And I, I told you, we would go months without having sex. And but you think I that has something no to do shower, with it? I was self-conscious about my body odor. I was, yeah. no, seriously, I would sweat. Like if I got in a meeting, I would immediately sweat. Oh my gosh. I mean, just uncontrollably yeah, yeah so i became very self-conscious and just always was on edge and that's a part of the reason why i quit my job too because i'm like you was stank well because my <laughs> job was creating i was re- i'm having just more and more anxiety i was being insensitive <laughs> and then i will become stanky <laughs> it was bad i was being insensitive but yeah I, I, she I, was I, y'all you ain't right i'm sorry i was very self-conscious about that girl. it's okay because i'm a sweater but you smell good i now. have always been a sweater though that's what's crazy <laughs> But then it was like, I stink and sweat. I'm like, I was a D1 athlete. Oh, gosh. Sweated every day and then smelled as bad. What is going on? And oh, that's that was definitely, yeah. This has to be anxiety. Yeah. And or probably, stress sweat. Yeah. So, and then I think we mentioned medication. Mm-hmm. So, there's a stigma around medication. So, we need to let people know it's okay. 
Yes. Well, all it's doing is balancing out your hormones. Yeah, I remember my therapist said some things are a chemical imbalance and yes. they require a chemical to get it back balanced. Yes. Y'all. Now, if you're breastfeeding, make sure you let your doctor know so that they Correct. can give you something Correct. that won't affect that. But you definitely, if they prescribe it, guys, take it. Like, honestly. Mm-hmm. Do what you need to do. And if you feel like it's making you feel weird, go back and find the right dose. Because sometimes it's literally just finding the right dosage or finding the right medicine that works for you and your body. But that stigma of, I don't want to be on meds, just listen. I'm going to just say, you know, people, they automatically say it's going to make me a zombie. Yeah. Listen. You might need to sleep. Let me (laughs) shut up. (laughs) No, but you really need, I mean... The reason I'm stressing this is because I know people that take it and they're like, oh, I don't want to be on the medicine forever. But you have to do the work every day to mm-hmm. get better. Like it takes 21 days to break to create a habit. It takes 90 days to make it a lifestyle. Like you have Ooh. to figure it out what works for you and continue. Don't just one day. Oh, I, I worked out yesterday or I went outside yesterday. Like, no, you need to do these things every day. Yeah. And I yeah. know that it's difficult when you're struggling or you're in that. Listen, I know I've been depressed before, but having good people around you. And that's why I stress the mom village so much, because it's just impossible to do this stuff without someone in your corner. Correct. And yeah. listen, I may get super religious, but if you don't have anybody, God is right there. Hello. And he will answer your prayers. But you I like that. You need you need to figure out what works for you to keep yourself sane. So, I mean, that's about postpartum depression and anxiety and baby blues. But the reality is, as moms, we go through a lot of stuff mentally. Yes, we do. Up and down, up and down, up and down. We just we want y'all to know you're not alone. I have dealt with things. Sometimes I one some days are better than others. Of course. They just are. And like she said, give yourself some grace. Um, happy mental health awareness month. Go talk to your doctor. Yes. Go talk to your therapist. Talking Go about talk it. To your sexual therapist. Let me shut up. Okay, I'm done, y'all. <laughs> we're, we're we're moving on from <laughs> episode eighteen. If you haven't listened to it, definitely check it out. <laughs> but yes, mental health awareness as it relates to motherhood is so key because Mental health awareness and mental health struggles are already difficult. If you tack on motherhood with that, it makes it 10 times more difficult. So take care of yourself. Again, we are not doctors, <laughs> but we are here to help shed some light on some areas that may not often get discussed. So hopefully this was helpful and you learned something. If you know someone that is struggling, please don't hesitate to, if it's an emergency situation, call 911. If you can help them get to a doctor and if they're feeling suicidal please call any 24-hour hotline here's one number that you can have it's the national suicide prevention lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK which is also 1-800-273-8255 so if you know someone that's struggling to that capacity definitely call on their behalf pray for them if it's a serious situation, call 911. But most importantly, before it, hopefully before it gets to that point, you can, you or yourself can you yourself can get to the doctor or help them get to a doctor to get them some help. So we hope this was helpful. Anything else? Thanks for tuning in. Yes. Thanks, guys.